I think that's that's one of the big learnings from the pandemic is that people sort of got the idea that they don't have to be slaving away for 50, 60 hours a week, you know, getting, you know, a, a, a piddly wage by the hour in a really tough, sometimes abusive environment. They can go somewhere else and they can be treated like an old person. Today on Dirty Linen, we are chatting to Jay Clough. Unlike most of our guests, Jay is not currently involved as an owner or a worker in a hospitality business, but he has pretty much done it all. Across 17 years in the industry, he's worked at restaurants, including the Tate Modern Restaurant in London and Melbourne venues uh, that I have loved, such as Pope Joan. He also has worked in some terrible places. He's focusing now on the Bureau of Eating and Drinking, a newsletter. Now, newsletters are such an active space. I thought it was great to a great opportunity to have Jay on for a chat to talk it all through. Welcome, Jay. What a thrill. Thanks, Danny. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. And it's so good to have you on the show. Now, I have... I have a feeling you've probably looked after me in some of the places you've worked, but the first time we chatted properly was when you opened Bureau Provisions and Periodicals in Parkville in Melbourne last year. Um, Yeah, tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I definitely have looked after you at multiple venues and one of the one of the big sort of red alarms that goes off inside a venue when Danny Valent walks in for sure. So it's always, <laughs> it was always a thrill to see you and look after you. Um, yeah, look, it's been a pretty tumultuous time and it's, it's come on the back end of a, a really chaotic and sort of catastrophic period, I think, in, um, in the Australian hospitality scene. Obviously the pandemic and, and now we're sort of on the, the precipice of some really challenging financial times. So, um, my sort of journey has brought me to a place where I'm now talking about the industry as opposed to working away in it. Um, and so far it's been really thrilling and really heartening um, to see the feedback and the, the excitement around the newsletter. Yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it so far. So, I mean, let's, I suppose, start at the beginning. And, you know, I mentioned a few places that you've worked, but tell us about your experience in the industry and, and everything that you're bringing to what you're able to write about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think what's interesting about me as opposed to most people that you probably have on the pod, you know, amazing high-achieving chefs and owners and icons of the industry is that my career is pretty unremarkable. Um I think that's sort of what makes me interesting and, and gives me a, um, a sort of a unique standpoint to come from in my writing and that I have been working in hospitality nonstop for 17 years. I've worked at some amazing places and just as many terrible places. And I, <laughs> I bring with me a sort of a, a pretty big closet of skeletons and bad experiences that have, as well as the good ones that have sort of informed where I'm at um, and really delving into those stories and um, sort of reflecting on what makes the industry interesting, special, and at times um, a bit scandalous, I think is probably something that makes my writing a bit more tactile and something that people are really responding to. People that have had sort of the similar experiences that I have sort of see their stories reflected in mine and are really reaching out and saying, hey, that's that's me. You know, I've been through that as well. So. Um, that's been that's been really heartening and 
sort of broader sense of community around what's happening with with the uh, newsletter. Hospitality can be such an isolating industry in some ways, even though it's all about people and connecting. I think a lot of people do feel quite alone in their careers. Um, you know, you've got all this experience. Like, why can't you pick a bad place from a good one? Why do you end up working in bad places from time to time? That's that's a fantastic question. I think, I, I don't know, I've always assigned probably an outdated expectation about my next opportunity. I've always thought that this is going to be the one, you know, I've, <laughs> this is going to be the one where my talent gets identified and I get plucked to be, you know, a, a, a big name in the industry and I become like a high roller and an influential person. And I guess the truth is that the industry is a lot less glamorous than people realise. It is hardcore. Um, there are people who sort of stray the stray from the um, the path and become, you know, big figures and influential in the media and become a celebrity. But for the most part, the industry is graft. It is repetition. It is discipline. It is compromise. It is giving up a lot of the things that most people take for granted in their life, things like weekends, nights, you know, general physical and mental well-being. Um, so I, I guess it's – it's 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 a it's a love and uh it's it's a sort of an, a, a passion that it, it can go unrewarded a lot of times in hospitality you really need to find a way to um, take joy from the the mundane and the menial tasks um, and you certainly hear some horror stories about about venues and places where um, you know toxic behaviors become the norm and I've been lucky for the most part to avoid most of that um, but it is it is it is an unrewarding um, career in a lot of ways. It is really hard work. So, what is it that has kept you engaged and and always looking for that next opportunity? Like, what is it that you enjoy about hospitality? Well, I mean, I live for food. I'm one of these people that just wakes up thinking about my next meal. I'm one of these people that travels for food. You know, I always say that pretty much every spare dollar of disposable income I've ever earned has been funneled back into the industry, whether it be, you know, going to the new restaurant, trying something out. Um, you know, my overseas trips have always been built around an itinerary of where I've been able to get a reservation <laughs> at, um, at restaurants. You know, my house is just covered in cookbooks and old magazines and every gourmet traveler. And um, I, it, it really is, it, it's not an obsession because an obsession sort of implies that you have something else in your life, whereas everything I do is about food. My sort of a lot, most of my friendships, my relationship with my my wonderful partner is sort of built on our shared love of food and and eating together. So that's it, really, and the joy that it brings. And at the at at the peak of the sort of restaurant hospitality experience, you are bringing a joy that most industries can't give you. And there's a thrill and an adrenaline in that, I think, which is um, which is hard to shake once you've had a really good service or you've had an interaction where, you know, you've made someone's day through food. Um, that's a real high that's hard to replicate. It, it, describe that for me. Like, tell me about that adrenaline and where exactly you find the joy. I, 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 well, it's, it's a it's a connection, and it's a, it's something that when you meet other people that love food the way you do. You get a thrill. You get like hairs um, standing up on the back of your neck. You get this sort of ebullient feeling, this effervescence that um, of a shared connectivity, and it's something so primal 
and something that everyone can relate to, but not everyone loves food the way I do, but everyone needs food and everyone can be nourished by food. So, you know, I, I think the times in my career that have really stood out and made me proud is when I've, you know, taken the opportunity to make a connection with someone, really taking a chance by asking them a question or getting to know them in a way that most sort of customer um, experiences don't really get an opportunity to. And then sort of being generous and I think that's probably my core um, belief and what I'm looking for in in hospitality is generosity and that that spirit and that ability to make someone's day through food is is pretty special. So do you think, you know, when you mentioned the horrible places you've worked, do you think it's part of the reason they're horrible is because they don't give you the the space or the agency to create those connections? Absolutely. 100%. I think there's places that you need and sort of thrive from that militant, you know, regimented um, style of service and places of such a scale in large groups that really can't operate in any other way. They sort of beholden to their rituals. Um, and they're special. There's, you know, I'm sure there's a few restaurants popping in your head right now, um, certainly in mine, of places that run like that. And that's not to say that they're... Um, they're doing it wrong because at the end of the day, it is a business. But what I've always loved about it is that that special moment where you can connect with a customer, where you can learn something about them, where you can, you know, even if it's just a little surprise half portion of something or a little note at the end of, you know, when you're looking after them with a recommendation that you might have spoken about, sharing a little bit of goss, having a chat. Um, these are these are the things I think people remember. I I think we remember great dishes and experiences, but the ones we really look back at and think, geez, I wish I could go back in time and relive that meal. I think they're the ones where the person who's looking after you took that extra care to really connect with you and um, make it special. Mm, Interesting. And, I mean, your own business bureau a cafe, food store, news agent was doing a few things. I mean, that seems like a place where you could really create those connections. Like people, um, you know, people come in multiple times a week and you could have a conversation with them. I mean, was that a large part of your motivation for that business? I think so. I think in, in reflecting and, you know, the, the sort of dark days since I've closed uh, the business and sort of had to decide to, to move on in another direction is I think that's what I was really chasing. I really wanted a place that, you know, was a really a reflection of me and my interests. And I guess there's a lot of ego involved in that, but a place that let me have the opportunity to do that with people, to really be one-on-one, um, to form that community um, and to share sort of what I do, which is, you know, a, a, not that hard to do, but um, not a lot of places really invest in that sort of relationship. So I think it really in reflection, I think that was one of the reasons that made the venue probably a bit too hard to keep going in that it was so intense, my relationship with my work and my customers, and it was so draining in many ways to give so much of yourself. And um, I think there's so many people in the hospitality industry that deal with that and they sort of have very little left at the end of the day for themselves after 
after you know a day of just constantly <laughs> you know being on your toes and being that bright sort of bubbly face um, but it, it, I think it was very important for me to do that I think it was important for me to have that um, sort of like signature thing that I've done that said this was me you know it's a bit of a dumb idea really like physical media is dying <laughs> no one buys the paper anymore um, wages are crazy, cost of everything is up, you know, overheads are crazy. But I had to do it and um, I guess I'm sort of proud that I did. Wow, you've said so much there and it's, I mean, it's so brave of you to say that, you know, y- your ego perhaps led you to create this business that, um, you know, you closed, I guess, within a year. Um, I mean, and also, you know, you t- you really want to give people that experience, that connection that you said is what gives you energy and hospitality, but then at the same time, it can drain you so much. I mean, I suppose what I'm getting from what you're saying is that it's really quite hard to find the happy medium but between that, that connection that energizes you and the connection that drains you. Yeah, so true. That's a perfect way of putting it. Um, yeah, I had a complete breakdown. I had a emotional and, and physical breakdown that I'm only now sort of reconciling with. And I think, um, you know, my, the Bureau of Provisions and Periodicals, the shop, the physical form of it, came basically as my sort of return to working after sort of, you know, lockdown and an extended period where I was really grappling with what I wanted to do. And in hindsight, that was crazy. Like it's <laughs> such a taxing and... Um, you know, expensive <laughs> emotionally and financially endeavor. Um, but I guess you only really learn things about yourself and what you're supposed to do through um, from taking big chances. And I think um, what, what it has done is crystallize what I want to do um, and where sort of maybe I can channel my skills um, going forward. Everyone hates talking about COVID and for good reason, but I feel like this period now, a lot of the the demons are rising for people in hospitality. It's, you know, there was all the energy of reopening. People threw themselves into new projects. But, you know, there is still a lot of PTSD around, I reckon. Um, and I guess, you know, you're, you threw yourself into a new business. It was a bit of a I mean, I don't know what, I don't want to say crazy idea. It was a brave idea and I loved, I loved it when, you know, the sound of it when it opened. I thought it was so cute and personal and different. Um, but yeah, things can come crashing down. I mean, do you, I think we got that, this idea of that, the PTSD from the chat with Danielle Alvarez recently on the podcast. And I feel like it's coming up as a theme in, in this chat with you as well, Jay. I mean, what do you think about that? Hundred percent, yeah. And I, I, I was just listening to that episode and listening to Danielle talk about how you know she found it really hard, even though it's her her life and her pursuit and her trade. Really, um, she found it really hard to get back into the swing of things after that break and that extended pause. Um, but the the thing that sort of resonated with me is when she would talk about how just getting into the kitchen again and you know using your hands and creating a distraction and building something if it's just chopping up an onion and chucking in a fry pan and moving it around for a few minutes I mean that's something that really resonated with me like this is you know this has been a real challenge and it is sort of it's very personal to me and it's something I'm really passionate about and it has it has broken me in some ways but it is also I think the thing that will help me get back to where I need to be 
And I think that's that's our lot <laughs> in hospitality. Like, you know, the the thing that sort of makes us weaker also makes us stronger, I guess. And I don't know, I guess uh, I'm lucky that I found this an, a new little avenue that I can channel my thoughts into and it's it's gaining a bit of traction. But I guess there's so many people out there who have never had that break and I know so many people who have just pushed through the pandemic, traded every day, whether it be, you know, takeaway or do-at-home meals or just boxing up Provador boxes and then shifting into the reopening and dealing with all the repercussions of that. For those people, the sort of PTSD hasn't set in yet and I think that's something we need to be mindful of in the industry is that there is a sort of delayed effect coming still. And um, I hope I hope that people are being kind out there to, to their waiters and and chefs. <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was going to touch on that because you're also in a position where you're, you know, engaging with the public all the time. What do you, I mean, do you feel like people have changed? You know, is it, are there differences in uh, dealing with the public over and over again in a hospitality business now, from now and, and uh, compared to a few years ago? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I guess I've always been lucky in that the way I operate is always to first make a connection with my customers and then everything else will flow from there. So I guess that always has engendered a sort of sympathy and a relationship um, in that regard. But I think I think the main change rather than the way people behave and, tr- and treat people is, is just their spending habits and, and, and the ability to have that, you know, second takeaway coffee every day or go get you know, a sandwich for lunch three to four times a week. Those those luxuries are, are, you know, becoming even more and more luxurious. And I think that's the the sort of next challenge that we're all facing, particularly those people still in the industry is, you know, how do we how do we combat this sort of rising tide of, of overheads, you know, and expenditure and changing changing spending habits. And I think we need to really um there, there needs to be a bit of assistance, really, um, for the industry because I can. My my feeling is that there's going to be a, a bit more pain before we get to a, a golden era again in hospitality. Mm, you're certainly not the only person saying that. I mean, was it that um, tightening the belt from consumers that was the death knell for our bureau? Possibly. Um, I think it could have continued. I think it 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 would probably be still going to this day, but. For me, it was not just a business and, and really how much money I made or didn't make was sort of immaterial to the to the pursuit behind it. And once I'd sort of reconciled with that, I'd, I'd reached the point where I don't really have anything left to say, um, I, I sort of lost a bit of my ability to keep going and I think I touched on my sort of breakdown. There was certainly a point there where I was, you know, Unable to, unable to do the job, basically unable to come face to face to people and look after them in the way I was used to, and unable to continue creating and coming up with you know new menu items and ways to promote the business because because I was so fried. But I think, um, yeah, I mean that that's probably a, a more unique response in that you know I wasn't necessarily in it just for the money and it was about the sort of creative side of of, of the industry which is what I'm passionate about mm. but I think I was lucky in that it was small and that the overheads were small and I didn't have a great fleet of staff that I was incumbent to and um, those decisions aren't as easily made by people that have 
big venues, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and those liabilities that can build up over years, which, yeah, really trap some people. But, Jay, you know, I'm really, yeah, really sorry f- to hear about how hard it's been for you personally. It just really, and thanks for being so open about it. Um, I mean, what is it that's helped you regroup and and find new direction? Well, I had a very, like, a very clarifying moment and it was a very emotional moment where I, after I announced that the shop was closing, I sort of put up a sign and social media and whatnot. And I disappeared for a few days. Uh, me and my partner went up to Brisbane and just we sat by the pool and drank uh, blinis and um, just decompressed. And when I came back to the shop, there was honestly like dozens of handwritten letters <laughs> um, under the door. And it was just, it was like, well, this is, you know, it's been really hard for me, but it is all worth it when you see those um that connection you made and that was the moment where I thought, well, I shouldn't just let this die. I mean, what I've sort of been able to do here in a short period has made a difference to people um, and I, I really should try and continue it in some way, whether it's in another venue or in some manifestation. I sort of owe it to these people that have been so invested and supported me. So the way that sort of manifested was I just, you know, I've always been, uh, a, a sort of a hacky part-time writer and tried to document my thoughts as I go. And I just sat down and said, I'm just going to tell the story of, of what's happened here and how I feel and how this support has really helped me and writing that first piece um, and creating a little substack and sending it out to people um, was very cathartic, very cathartic and, and sort of when I started to read how it had, you know, touched people and, they were sort of on my side. I thought, well, this is, you know, there's something here and there's something about this tone and this sort of clarity which I've got now. Um, so I guess I guess that's that was the moment where it sort of it did, it, I, I thought it was the end of something, but it actually was the beginning of something. Wow, so well said. So tell us about some of the things you've written about and plan to write about. Yeah, so I've been, I've been at it for about three weeks now. And it's been a bit of a word of mouth um, thing where I've, you know, started out pretty small, just posting it on my old, my old venue Instagram and, and, and it's sort of been passed around a bit in the industry and I'm, I've been pretty thrilled by, you know, people like yourself and other people who have reached out and, you know, complimented me and said it's, you know, it's really nice and it's been, um, it's been awesome. Like we've rung up like 3,000 views in three weeks um, I'm getting a lot of, you know, people contacting me asking if they want to work together and if there's, you know, an opportunity for me to um, to cover some of their stories and talk about their venues and things. So that's that's really that's really exciting. And I think um, what I can sort of do here is bring a bit of a grittier sort of, I guess, uh, I'm not really beholden to anyone now. <laughs> And I can tell my story and the stories of others, you know, really openly. Um, and I think that's something that people have wanted in the Australian food media. I feel like we have such an amazing, you know, scene, an amazing, you know, industry of people um, supportive and otherwise in the media. But um, something that's a bit deeper and, and sort of goes further to the bone and maybe isn't afraid to ruffle a few feathers along the way. Uh, is something that I'm aiming to do with the newsletter now. So ideally, you know, twice a week, 
Um, I'll be sending these out and sort of, you know, documenting what's happening in the industry, talking about why, talking about the effects and trying to sort of plot the way forward for the industry. Amazing. And is the idea that you monetize this and this is your income? Well, I'd love to. I mean, that'd be, that'd be, that's my dream. That's my dream. Bureau, the shop was a dream. I remember writing about it in a little notebook. I said, one day I'm going to open a little, you know, shop that sells food magazines and (laughs) things and it's going to be called Bureau. And I think I wrote that down when I was 18. And in that same book, I wrote that one day I want to be a Michelin inspector. (laughs) That was, that would be my ultimate dream. So I guess anything that leads me to that, uh, I'm just going to put that out into the universe would be amazing. Um, But in the short term, uh, monetization isn't something that's occurred to me. I think for now it's, it's, it's the best way forward just to give it away and to keep sort of, you know, building a community and talking to people and telling their stories. And I think that means more to me than money at this stage. Uh, love that. And, I mean, what are some of the biggest issues in hospitality that you do plan on tackling or that are rearing up for you? Well, I mean, we're seeing a lot of places close, aren't we? And we're seeing, you know, beautiful, um, iconic, special places in Melbourne close. And I think that's been tempered by the constant, you know, um, sort of conveyor belt of new venues. But I think we're losing a little bit as we go. And um, there probably needs to be a few more questions asked about why these places are closing, why good people are leaving the industry, how sustainable is a life in hospitality and restaurants? What are what are the rewards for people to be here? I think that's that's one of the big learnings from the pandemic is that people sort of got the idea that they don't have to be slaving away for 50, 60 hours a week you know, getting, you know, a, a, a piddly wage by the hour in a really tough, sometimes abusive environment, they can go somewhere else and they can be treated like an old person. <laughs> so there's a real exodus of talent from the industry and I think I mentioned earlier the the oncoming tidal wave of, you know, more rate rises and and and, and, and possibly a recession. It just it does feel like we're gonna lose a few more beloved places before this is all over. And I think that needs to, you know, there needs to be a greater light shown on those stories and, and what we can do to avoid um, losing such, I think the, the thing that Melbourne does best, like I love footy, I love live music, I love all those things, but without our restaurant industry, Melbourne's not much. So that's, um, that's what I think we should be talking about. Awesome. Well, I really wish you all the best with it. I'll definitely keep reading, Jay. Um, and, yeah, it's interesting how out of something that was really tough, you're creating something that's really positive. So, yeah, all power to you. Thank you so much, Jenny. Absolute thrill. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, would love to come back and have a chat anytime. Yeah, well, thank you so much for making the time today, Jay. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.